Welcome to In Her Space. I'm your host, Irene Wade. This is the podcast that shines a light on entrepreneurs and leaders to highlight their triumphs and challenges. Be uplifted, be inspired, motivated, and encouraged. For me, for you, for us, we're going higher. In Her Space. Let's do this. Today's podcast is sponsored by Chemist Tea Cosmetics, a manufacturing company specializing in the manipulation of oils, herbs, and minerals provided by the earth. Whether shampoo, face scrubs, or stretch mark cream, the goal is to develop long-term business relationships and to foster the growth of your cosmetic line. Let's turn your vision into a reality. For more information about Chemist Tea Cosmetics, visit chemist-ticosmetics.com. Again, that's chemist hyphen ti cosmetics.com today we have in the studio charmaine webster charmaine webster is an ordained minister preacher teacher and founder of womanist projects a faith-based nonprofit organization focused on black women and girls she is known for her out-of-the-box thinking engaging speaking style and love for god and people In addition to her ministerial work, Reverend Charmaine is a multi-talented entrepreneur and she is the CEO of Tinka's Treats, a home bakery specializing in sweet potato pies, a wedding officiant, premarital counselor, and consultant focused on family and community engagement. She was born and raised here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and now resides in Dayton, Ohio with her husband, Benjamin. You can read more about Charmaine's bio in our podcast link, but today Charmaine is here to talk about her journey with us in her upcoming event, A Day Without Women in Church. So we want to welcome you, Charmaine. Thank, Thank you, you for joining us in her space. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. So glad to have you here. You know, we I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about, you know, your journey with um, coming into Womanish Projects. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about yourself for those who are new to this and new to who you are. So, uh, yeah, so that was, thank you for that wonderful read. (laughs) It's just, just a little snippet. Um, but how did womanish projects come into being? I would say that it had multiple beginnings, but the one that I will pick today, uh, is really COVID, right? I think COVID was a turnaround flip around for a lot of us. And so at the top of COVID, I was just watching all of these, services like the rest of us you know we're all trying to transition from being in church to watching service and I and I just couldn't do it it was just like as soon as the service would start my spirit would just cut off and I I kept trying I kept trying I kept trying and it's like I'm not connecting at all and so you know at first I was like okay I'll give it another chance but then I said to myself you know what no no like if it's not working let's not force it So I put an all call out on Facebook, like, hey, I just need something different. You know, church is loud. It's just feeling redundant. It's feeling the same. And I just need something different. I had invited people like, hey, if you want to meet me on Sunday here at this time, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I have no clue what's going to happen. But just meet me. You know, if you are feeling like how I'm feeling, if you want to just try something new and different. And I think at that time, like 25 women showed up for like our first kind of thing. And it's funny, like 
<laughs> they threw me, the group threw me a, a surprise pastoral anniversary celebration like a year ago. And now we're reaching two years wow. of just kind of that spiritual foundation. And so what was supposed to be an eight week kind of small group meeting to get us through, you know, the original, you know, um, quarantine has turned into much more. And what I would say is that at that time, spiritually, this is going to sound funny, but if you were to look at my spirit, I like my spirit looked like a strong crackhead. Okay. <laughs> what I mean by that is, I know my illustrations, <laughs> my daddy was a crackhead. So I could talk about him. No, but, uh, but what I mean is if you were to look at my spirit, yeah, my upper body would look strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I have been working those church muscles, you know, right. the service, the singing. I mean, just all the different Got things that pack. we've done. Black church, you know what I'm saying? Grew up, born and raised. But my but but that part of my spirit had reached, you know, spiritual fatigue. Right. Like my like that part of my spirit was fatigue. And so the bottom part. Right. You would look. I got skinny legs like I'm strong up top, but I'm skinny on the bottom. Right. Okay, Strong crackhead. And so it was like it's time for you to kind of rest some of those muscles. And it's time for you to build up other parts of your spirit. The You know, the quiet part, the intimate part, just, you know, just different pieces. Um, And so that, you know. And so that's what I've really been doing for the past two years. And if I'm honest, you know, I have been through a lot Mm -hmm. um, as far as being a woman in ministry and church and a person that uh, I don't like limits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, (laughs) And church can be limiting. And so, yeah. And so it it was just it just all kind of came together. And so that's what really started womanish and just the meeting and I started doing things naturally like I was putting together programs I was hosting like poetry nights and spoken just doing stuff for fun to kind of get us through the quarantine but all the things that like I just realized like oh okay this is more like this is like I'm doing this naturally and for fun but really there's something more that's coming out of that a few months later I caught COVID my husband and I both did I worked uh, at a large, well-known nonprofit here. Usually, like, when I take a break or things like that, like, like I'm able to kind of build myself back up because it's a very high-paced role, very high-paced job, um, very public job that I had, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, but when my husband got sick, I, like, I just fell apart because when he's sick, it's like I'm nothing. Like, oh, but I didn't have that time. And so I got back to work and I kept trying to, get back to that pace and that space that I was in. But my body and my mind just didn't want to go back in order to operate the way that I had been operating before. And so I would say that COVID kind of threw me into a healing crisis. I quit my job and started to pursue growing womanish. And I had actually bought the name for womanish on my birthday or maybe like a week. I already knew that I wanted to do this, but through meeting with those women, you know, at the top of the pandemic, it really gave me the courage because I probably would have continued to try to push myself, even though I wasn't doing, I wasn't well, I wasn't, right. <laughs> you know, um, my anxiety, I have an anxiety disorder and it was really out of control. Um, and so, but that group kind of, you know, allowed me in that space of being with those women and yeah. being nurtured in that space. It gave me the courage to do what I needed to do. And yeah, so that's one of the beginnings of yes, womanish. <laughs> that is that is so awesome. Yeah. 
I think a lot of people felt that with COVID, mm-hmm. bringing people into this new space and, and opening our eyes to the things that we need and want to accomplish in our lives. Tell us, what is the purpose of Womanish, Womanish Project? Yes, yeah, so the so our purpose is to be an unapologetic vehicle for black women and girls. And so I'm not from here. I'm from Cincinnati and I've lived in other places. And Dayton is probably one of the most conservative places that I have ever been in and that is you know my spirit is like a bird it's so being in this space is like okay even people that think they radicals like you not um but you know that's okay you know everybody has different experiences but yeah so being unapologetic and I think that you know you need voices like that in in a space where we play it safer and so being that unapologetic voice and so uh our purpose like you know we really focus on well-being and freedom of black women and girls and so we are even purposeful about our language and like the words Mm -hmm. that we're using making sure that we're defining them by our way of knowing and not necessarily by how society would say that we would know so when we talk about uh being well we really think about Fannie Lou Hamer who said I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired right and so when she was talking about being sick and tired of being sick and tired she wasn't necessarily talking about physical health she was talking about Jim Crow You know, she was talking about systematic oppression and those are the things that make us sick and tired. So when we talk about being well, we want to eradicate that phrase from our um, speaking. Right. Um, And then when we talk about being free um, for black women and girls to be able to choose what is good for their communities, their families and for and themselves without sabotage yeah because sabotage is always in the way so as you can tell we're really big on removing barriers but then also um creating opportunity and in the area specifically and in, in religion economics communal political and i'm saying political more from a leadership perspective because and that's what i mean by like the many beginnings <laughs> because it's just things that like i've observed over the years like hmm Oh, that needs to stop. So one example, uh, now we have Shanice as our uh, city commissioner. Congratulations. Excited for her. But I remember when she ran the first time and another, and like it was multiple women that ran, you know, for different positions. And when I looked at the vote, they were always at the bottom. And Mm -hmm. I said, why are black women at the bottom of every race? Mm -hmm. And then I started to think about, well, what do black women lead in this city that they didn't start? And I couldn't, I couldn't place it. And when I say senior lead, when I say lead, I'm talking about senior leadership. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about, you know, in, I'm talking about at buck stops with you. You know, our uh, superintendent, Lori Ward was no longer here at that time. Um, And I couldn't think of anything, anything that a black woman led in this city, she started. Mm -hmm. So we had like, you know, folks say, well, Reverend Vanessa, they started. Omega 6 CDC are on the young woman, uh, the black lady, I don't know her name. I think it's Jenny and they own some car business, but that was Mm -hmm. her family. But you know, so it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we lead childcare centers. Mm -hmm. We lead, you know, all these places, but we started them. Mm -hmm. And so there's no space where we're actually given the ability to lead. Mm -hmm. It's always somebody else, Mm -hmm. always somebody else. And so, you know, and that's probably, I mean, I know that that's happening, not just here, but, 
that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to start something to lead something? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm giving in the community in so many different ways. And so, you know, just <laughs> the different things that I observed, there is a structural thing going on here why we're not in leadership. Right. Um, and, well, we know why. Racism, sexism, classism. And we really do probably have a working class lens with our you know, the way that we do things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm a firm believer if um, <laughs> if they won't let us have a seat at the table, then we build our and, table. I mean, and that's and what we, we do. Ha- we do. Yeah. And we, we have to. But we, we still continue to break down barriers. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so glad to see that. And this is what Womanish Projects is about, mm-hmm. to help break down these barriers. I know you just more recently had this book club, which is right, Righteous Discontent. Yes. <laughs> where you were reading the book, Righteous Discontent. Yes. And, um, you know, it was a lead into what is getting ready to happen over the summer. Can you tell us a little bit about that book club? Because I was able to join like maybe two sessions. I wasn't able to do all of it. Yeah. But what I was able to see was thoughtful provoking discussions i i mean really um around um this 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 particular book so tell us a little bit about that yeah so righteous discontent the black baptist women's movement from 1880 to 1920 is a book about really how the church came to be mm-hmm. and uh typically when you look at black church history it's always written from the viewpoint of the pastor, right? So Mm -hmm. even when you read the history, this person was the leader, this person was the pastor. And so in the Baptist church, in a church that doesn't allow women to pastor, that history has gotten buried. Mm -hmm. Um, But with Righteous Discontent, written by Dr. Evelyn Hickabotham, I think it's 1993 is when she Mm -hmm. wrote it. She really pulls out this history of black women post reconstruction Mm -hmm. and in the process of building an American identity and the process of organizing the church because the church wasn't always organized the way that is organized and in the process of fighting for freedom so women's rights you know civil rights all kinds of things and dealing with the racism of America as well as the sexism of the church and so it's it's a powerful book and I didn't even know about it until I was in seminary, right? And these and I'm I'm reading and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> they already, you know, solved these problems, but but not only that, they organized a national movement, a national collective movement of what they call everyday ordinary women who built a school that wow. was built on black women's dollars, right? Like they got no initial support from um white folks and they didn't want it. They wanted their institution to be built um you know, by them that build a, a, a labor union that was doing all this stuff post reconstruction. Cause you know, kind of reconstruction was a failed project. We had slavery reconstruction didn't work. And that's kind of when we see the black codes and Jim law starting, I mean, um, Jim Crow law starting. And this is when they built this movement. And so it's very, it's funny because from a political perspective, the time, like that time now, then is very similar to this time now. As race issues and things go up, then you kind of see a progressive and radical black voice also increase. So it's very similar from a historical perspective. And in the midst of that, we learn about Women's Day, right? And Women's Day was created as a prophetic tradition. Mm -hmm. People do not, it's not what it is now. Designed to 
really build women leaders yeah. in the church to support their work. It mm-hmm. was not a fundraiser for the church. Right. It was a fundraiser for women's work and that has gotten lost. And I think that's intentional. Yeah. Um, we can get into that later. It's, I think it's very intentional because the woman who led this was a dark skinned woman. She wasn't married. Um, and she came from a working class family. Her name is Nanny Helenborough. She was off the chain. Yes, she was off the chain. And in her time, she was the most prolific speaker, the most well-known speaker mm-hmm. uh, she was a uh, uh, I mean she was a contemporary with Mary McLeod Bethune mm-hmm. a student of Anna Julia Cooper a contemporary with Booker T Washington but we don't know her and she had the largest women's organization in the country yes, and we don't know her mm-hmm. and I think it's because it's classes you know races mm-hmm. and, and sexes and you know they don't want us even if you go on the National Baptist website it's so crazy she led the women's convention for 60 years she has the shortest the shortest biography on their web page. And see, I preached this. <laughs> I preached about this at one women's uh-huh. uh, day event that I went yeah. to too. It wasn't about being cute. Like uh-huh. I mean, you're trying to show up. And, you know, and it was really about the work. It that, was yeah. about the work. It was about building leaders. Yes. It was about being organized. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was incredible. And yeah. I mean, and even then, like, People, not everyone got the vision, but it definitely has gotten lost. And so I see our day without women as like a 21st century um, kind of reimagining of Women's Day and reclaiming that prophetic tradition. And, you know, and, 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 and bringing this into the like like into the foreground. I really honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like I'm her child. Like it's so <laughs> I feel like she grabbed me. I'm serious. Like she just grabbed me. From the pages of the, I've read so many articles about her and just, I've done so much. And I've, it's been some times where I feel like she is sitting with me, like putting this mantle on me. I'm serious. I'm like, okay, nanny, I know it's heavy. (laughs) Please lady, help me out. But, um, but so this book, the reason why, because usually our book clubs are private because we really believe in having safe space. But we wanted to get this history out to a larger group of people, a larger crowd of folks, folks that may not have known about it. So this information is public. It shouldn't just be for the students in seminary. Everybody should know about this history because it's such a critical part of black history and American history yeah. and church history. Um, so, yeah. So uh, so that's why it was public. It was eight weeks. We had a different woman teach every week. And really, they provided the blueprint for what we can do today. We just have to be willing and able and ready um, to pick up the mantle. And so that's part of what uh, the day without women, that, that's kind of like the historical piece that's informing right. that event. Right. Yeah. And I, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit yeah. um, earlier about what are some of the misconceptions, you know, around a day without women in church. You yeah. Know? And <laughs> what is your response to that? Um, because, what does that mean? Because I know some people, I know when I hear a day without women in church, I'm like, well, then who's going to be there? That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just call a spade let's, a spade. Let's call it what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. Come so on. first let me say what it is. So okay. That, and then I will address the misconception. So the day without women in church is going to be a two-part event. It's going to start with the non-traditional worship service. And then following that, we're going to have breakfast, brunch, because black women love brunch. Um, and like a, you know, DJ party. If girls want to play hand games, they want to climb trees. It doesn't matter, right? right? That'll be there. Bring your jump rope. Let's have fun. Let's party. 
But the day and the purposes behind the day is one to demonstrate our our people power. So what you just said, well, if we have a day without women in church, is it's not it's not going to be a church and that's the point that's the point to kind of show that we are the church right and so any change that we desire to seek in the church it can come from us like it can start with us um and it i mean and it's us like you know we are that change that um um that we seek but also think about it think about everything that's getting pulled out the people power the leadership the funds all of those things if 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 women just walk out of church the door's gonna close there is none um and stacy floyd thomas always says that the church is the largest women's org that doesn't um organize for women and mm. so i'm kind of calling attention to that um so kind of so that's another piece is like kind of charging us to organize for ourselves as much as we organize everybody else i'm t- i mean even looking at black lives matter right mm-hmm. that is a, a movement led primarily by black queer women right yeah. primarily in response to black men being killed now of course there you know it's, it's not just about black men but that's the large percentage of folk that this is happening to we will organize we will start a national movement for everybody can we do it for us mm-hmm. right um and so calling attention to that um to really you know kind of come stand up against a lot of this oppression um and you know abuse that's happening in church be it sexual, be it financial, be it mental, be it spiritual, be it emotional, whatever the case may be, kind yes. of st- making a stand against it. And this is something that I discovered early on when I was trying not to organize this because I was like, Lord, mm-hmm. I do not want a target on my back. Um, when I shared this with some women who I didn't think had a radical bone in their body, they told me instantly, Charmaine, I need this day. Wow. And they revealed to me they have been sexually abused in church mm-hmm. and that having a day like this would allow them to kind of reclaim their power. Yeah. So I was like, okay, God, I got to do this right. because this is not and, about and me. And it's yet. okay because it's yeah. a day without one yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. but I think it's so powerful and so important yeah. um, because the, the the giving space for that, giving space for healing to take place mm-hmm. is going to be phenomenal. It is. It really is. Yeah. And so dealing with the misconceptions. Mm -hmm. uh, So I would say the first misconception um, is that (laughs) it's a man hating day. Right. mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the first misconception. The first misconception is it's a man hating day. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, uh, I didn't say the men couldn't come. In fact, this is an invitation because I've heard many of men say, well, if the women walking out, I'm going with, with them. Well, come on. Come and worship with, with with us. We're just not centering you today. Right, right. <laughs> right and I think it's important yeah. to, to know it's not about bashing men, but it's really all about empowering those Absolutely. who have been doing the work anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and creating a space for healing mm-hmm. in the areas where it's needed the most, mm-hmm. right? I think the other part, too, then, in that when, when we talk about healing, we have hurt each other. Like, black women have hurt each other as well. Some of the hurt that has happened in church has come from women you know you had a baby out of wedlock. like mm, she thinks she grown she thinks she, you folks you don't think those girls heard that you don't think they weren't hurt by those statements or you need to do this trying to constantly fix your clothes and change the way that that can cause harm yes. and so even in that we have to heal from some of the things that we've done to each other that's true right um and and all of that is internalized patriarchy but it's still coming from an actor that's a woman um, and so we definitely have to uh, address that. And I, I think the second, I don't, 
I think the second thing is that I'm just trying to destroy the church, right? Like you're just trying to destroy the church. Yeah, that's the misconception. Yeah, that's the right. misconception. And no, you know, in fact, it's funny because <laughs> if anything, it would be to strengthen the church. It, it, that's the point. Yeah. So it's funny because you you because you actually you know what is one of the things that kind of has come against. I actually got kicked out of this like online Facebook group. I had no d- idea at first. Like I was blocked from posting, and then the next thing I was like. I was like, I could not do anything. And I was like, what did I do? And I had just posted the book club. That's all I had ever posted in this group. And next thing I know, I was getting kicked out. And I think that, and it, and it was a Because it was I'm a, sure, I knew yeah. that you, I, I, that's why I asked you. Because these are, we need yeah. to think, of, because I wanted you to get that yeah. out there. Um, that's why we had this conversation right before uh-huh. you came in, because I feel like you needed that space to, address some of those misconceptions mm-hmm. because people can see the title and auto- automatically they're assuming something mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true mm-hmm. about what this what this movement is about mm-hmm. and 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 here's the address here you're addressing that yeah yeah and it was so funny and I mean I can't even I can't even get in touch with the lady like she is just gone and that's fine but I think that you know it's it, I, this is not about tearing the church down. It's really about building the church, the with, people of the church yes. up um, because it has to take place and, and, and things have to change. I love the church so much. I lo- like, I love the church enough to not let it stay the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of folk will just walk away and be like, Hey, I'm done. I'm over. And believe me, I wish I could just be there sometimes. But I love the church so much. I love God's people so much. And I love God so much that I that I can't let it stay the mm-hmm. same. Something has to change. So, something has to shift. It, it just, it's now, I'm probably more, you know, because <laughs> like even my, um, even my dad, like he's at this church where they're trying to make, you know, he's supposed to be the pastor next and they don't believe in women and ministers. And he was like, Jermaine, can you just please come preach from the floor? No. I refuse. I will not let a little girl see me preach from the floor. I said, if I come to your church, I'm going to start. I'll say hello from the floor and I'm going to walk up in the pulpit. Not because I think I'm so important, but because if I discount myself in this space, that's wrong. And I'm teaching a little girl that that that's what that that is okay. And I'm affirming to the up to the all the women in there that whatever abuse, right, that you go through, it's okay to just tuck your head down. That's how that's how strongly I feel about it, right? And so, no, I won't do it. I won't allow it. And I encourage anyone that goes to a church like that to leave. Mm-hmm. Now, like because we can't continue to support these kinds of structures, mm-hmm. you know, because of the message that it sends. Secondly, women are leaving the church already. Mm-hmm. I mean, millennials uh, are leaving in droves. You have a, a, about half of Gen X is leaving and Gen Z is not coming. And part of it is, you know, awakening of like Afro, you know, Afrocentric and African spirituality, trying to decolonize our faith, um, all these different things. And a lot of the things that they're walking away from are white supremacist activities and practices that we have allowed to or or that we continue to practice within the church context. Mm -hmm. You know, um, ew, girl, mm, the anti-blackness, right, that shows up in church that we and, and, and part of it is, you know, how we've been indoctrinated mm-hmm. um that's what they're walking away from yeah and it's and time to have the hard conversation it is it, it really is it is but 
Um, I'm glad you're able to create that space where yeah. those hard conversations can happen. And they're happening partly in the book club, mm-hmm. too, and coming up to this event. Yeah. Um, I know currently you all are working and you're um, looking for people to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, I mentioned in your bio that you're juggling like multiple things. Yes. Not just not just this project. It's, um, you have your own business. Um, you know, and in her space is um, about, you know, uplifting the voices of women and especially entrepreneurs, leaders and working women. What is keeping you centered in all of this? Because not only are you trying to like you just gave us an example of some yeah. of the things that you're dealing with personally. Um, and then but then you have your family life, you have your work life, you have your, your entrepreneurship. How are you balancing it all? <laughs> like, what keeps you centered? My friends, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm just going to be honest uh, because so and it's important to have a tribe. It is very important to have a tribe. And a part of that, a part of it has been. So when I say that COVID kind of threw me into a healing crisis, there were multiple things that was happening. And one of the things that I learned and is that I have PTSD mm-hmm. um, and that's probably something that people wouldn't, you know, that, that know, like that see me, you know, you don't know kind of all the different things that's going on with folks. And I also have an anxiety disorder. And part of that is all tied to each other from um, my childhood and going through a six year custody battle between my mom and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And so I learned when I kind of left my job and was like something bigger is going on, something like what, you know, what's happening, uh, being in therapy um, and healing those places and being open to continue to allow those places to be healed, not rushing it, allowing, allowing myself to take a break from it. Cause sometimes when you heal, you like, I want to heal, 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 heal. But it's like, it took you 30 something years to get here. I don't know why you think you're going to be healed from everything in one day. Mm-hmm. And I um, personally yeah. believe that healing is a journey, is a it's process. A, like it's yes. a as a continuous yeah. process of yeah. healing. Yeah. And so part of it is being open about it mm-hmm. and letting people know, you know, I, part of my struggle was like perfectionism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am textbook perfect. Like I'm textbook, like straight A student, you know, graduated third in my class in high school. I went to top five school. I went to top five seminary, you know, I mean, you can just check the boxes, but part of that is because I learned like that was a form of protection, you know, and it it looks good when you're achieving, but that's also how I'm coping with everything that's going on around me. If I can control and make this perfect. And so part of my journey has been to let people know these things about me and, um, and to say, you know, I might not always be able to do certain things and not being ashamed of it, taking away a shame of like having anxiety, you know? Um, and also with that though, has come now that I'm telling people the truth about what's going on with me. People are like, Hey, how you doing boo? Checking in, you know, um, I, I want to do all this stuff before the day without women. And two of my friends was like, no, like, they just told me, no, they were like, nope. No, you know, you're not going to do that. You don't need to do 520 events. You're going to do this book club. You're going to do this and you're going to market. And you know, they were like, you ain't got time for that. And so having those friends that are like making sure that I'm not falling into some of those older traits. Um, I have an amazing husband. I have an amazing husband. 
He's amazing. Even the space that I've had to heal and work on some things um, has been, I mean, he's given me that space. I, I can't, I can't underestimate because I would not have been able to quit my job if it wasn't for him, but he let me and let me figure, you know, take some time off and then kind of build myself back up. And so <sighs> balance, how do I keep, I, I'm, I'm still probably not a very balanced person because <laughs> I don't know how to have hobbies. Um, but I'm working on it. I'm not going to lie to anyone, but yeah, I think having a good crew, is number one uh well number two and then the other part is opening myself up to different spiritual um practices and so uh there's a book called uh, meditations from the heart by howard thurman and like reading that journaling in response to that stuff like that has been really helpful journaling is powerful yes oh my gosh and getting out of the box because you know part of that perfection is well this is what me me being a having a good prayer life looks like like getting rid of those lists Mm -hmm. and if this is working for me right now if reading Howard Thurman and journaling is working for me right now I'm gonna do it once it doesn't work I don't judge it I don't I don't talk about it I just find the next thing that works if it's reading the color purple if it's you know I mean praying whatever it is quit judging where you are Mm -hmm. and moving that kind of negative tape out of my head I really want to do a whole sermon series called for good church girls Mm -hmm. because it's so much that we suffer from. And I remember back in, um, I don't know when it was, but I was reading Romans and I don't even know how, cause I don't even read Paul like that, but, <laughs> but I was reading Romans and it talked about us being like, we are alive to God. Mm-hmm. And I, it was Romans chapter six, but the way I was just reading it, it was just like, I'm alive to God. Mm-hmm. I'm alive to God. Like that, it just, it, I'm like, I'm dead to sin. And so I'm really in this space where I don't, I don't really give the devil credit in my life. I don't, I'm, I'm because I'm dead to you. Mm-hmm. So if I'm dead to you, you really can't mess with me. Mm-hmm. What, what you going to do? Dig me out. Mm-hmm. And what, and, and, and once and, you found and, me, it's going to be and, a dead thing. Then, right. I mean, what? Okay. Yeah. Maybe we make mistakes. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, move on. Like, move. I mean, and, and the thing is, and I'm going to make another one at some mm-hmm. point, but that's okay. And, um, but I think that's, and the freedom in, um, you know, not being so overwhelmed with trying to live this life of perfection that sometimes can happen when, especially I know, cause I grew up in a religious household and it was like that. And it was, um, but you know, when you find for me, when I found spirituality and, and learned who I was as a person, mm-hmm. you can get freed up from a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those shackles that, that are, that are, that are, that kind of keep you and hold you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, but you do need spaces to have those conversations, to speak to people. Cause I, I think that's what has been such a blessing to me is my circle, my, the people that I've talked mm-hmm. to and the freedom that comes with the, the, that sistership that you can say, this is what I'm going through mm-hmm. and then can identify and people can identify with you and say, Hey, I understand too, what you're going through. Yeah. And, but sometimes you can feel isolated mm-hmm. in certain states. And I think that's why it's so important that you have these, what you're having with this one, with this, uh, a day without women in church, mm-hmm. I think that's so important because if you're if you're existing in isolation, you can come in and be embraced mm-hmm. and find out you're not in this by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then some of the thoughts that you're having is not just you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because the shame. I mean, 
I probably started having anxiety attacks when I was 16. And now when I look at my life, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've always had anxiety. <laughs> like, I used yeah, to do all kinds of different things. I but, know. And especially when you find out that it's so important. That yeah. find, Knowing the diagnosis is so huge. Like, because it, it yeah. really gives you that, uh, that perspective. So you can look back and say, I mean, I've been dealing with this. I just didn't know what I was dealing like, with. Like, I used to have food under my bed as a kid <laughs> in case, like, I thought there was going to be a fire. Oh. Like, that's like mm-hmm. that's how much I was planning mm-hmm. for something to go wrong. Yeah. And so, you know, and and under, and, and, and not and understanding that and not judging my younger self mm-hmm. for how I was dealing with it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and But the point I was making about that was – I remember when I was like going through and I was with my group and um, with, but at, at the time we were one Sunday comes and that's what we still ca- call ourselves. But as I started sharing my story of health issues, other people started sharing theirs. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, no, this is normal. Like, everybody breaks mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Like everybody goes like, but you're feeling so much shame mm-hmm. and so much and thinking fear. about yourself and you're not. It's like, oh, trauma is normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's like it's it's like it's the opposite when people don't have all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff happening um, because of just the way the world is. And so it really it definitely helped Mm -hmm. it helped because and and i started to accept what people told me Mm because sometimes when folks would be like yeah this happened i would be like oh you don't know and then it's like the little differences that i'm trying to fight you over is silly Mm -hmm. like no it's still like it's we're in the same book (laughs) like even if we're not on the same page quit trying to just act like you just the only one that's been through something, you know, and being humble through that. <laughs> like, oh, well, hers was purple, mine was red, so one the same, but it was still great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Help us. I know. <laughs> God is good, right? So, <laughs> you know, um, I want to, I, I always enjoy talking with you. It's I know. Just, it's amazing. We need to do it way more often we than do. we do. But <laughs> I want you to tell us a little bit more about the upcoming event. Yes. And then, you know, we're going to end it with you giving a, an encouragement for those. I don't, there may be a young woman who experienced church hurt and has given up on the church. Mm. Or, you know, wherever, what, if whatever comes to your heart, if you want to share, this is your time to do that. Okay, yeah. So Day Without Women is going to be July. 31st 2022 we're doing it on the 115th anniversary of the very first women's day that's why we picked that day because we wanted to honor the history and we are still working on solidifying the location we have a couple of sponsorships and so by mid-april we'll be able to give you all the details that you need but there will be a citywide women's choir there will be a citywide praise dance team so if anybody wants to be a part of those they will be able to be a part um i'm meeting with the worship leaders in like two weeks to kind of set that schedule so it's going to be a great way to be involved and um, we'll have a fair for women kind of ministries and businesses and girls groups and all that to ha- have a table it's going to be black girl everywhere okay um and it's just going to be fun it's going to be four hours of worship fun fellowship freedom crime healing just come on out it's going to be great um and so what i encourage you to do is to go to womanishprojects.org and just sign up for our email listserv and you'll keep getting all that information we'll create a group eventually to kind of manage the event but we want to make sure we have all the details solidified before we but but it's here okay like we are this close okay we're this close okay where the camera at okay so be looking out um 
And then as far as a person that has gone through church hurt that has maybe walked away or that has, I see the thing is I view everything so differently. Like I said, my out of mind thinking, sometimes I think that walking away is necessary, um, to, as a part of the healing process. Um, like I would not be here today if I had not gone through what I had gone through. Cause I would have been a woman that's like, Oh, well you just don't know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that I was losing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I trust, so let me say this. I trust God so much. I trust God with you so much, no matter what you read, no matter what you study, no matter where you go, I trust that if you just seek the truth, the truth will find you. Mm. That's how much I trust yeah. God. Everybody else is looking at your journey like, oh, you just know if you seek the truth, I that's agree. my encouragement. Don't stop seeking the truth. God is powerful. God is powerful. And our doubt and our hurt is not enough. Hold on. What? Hold on. What? Romans eight. Nothing is enough to separate us from the love of God. So if you just seek the truth of God, if you just seek God, God will get the truth to you. God is not trying to hold the truth back. God is not try- trying to hold, hold love big back. Enough to handle all, all the of- doubt, <laughs> all the hurt, all the is. I mean, God is that powerful, really, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really. Just seek it. Yes, really. And if you feel alone, call us. Call Irene. Call me. I'm serious. Yes. Can they call you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> serious i'm serious i'm yeah. serious because the one thing i love about god is that some is that god will send you somebody with some skin on them mm-hmm. okay to help because 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 what but that's the whole gospel right he put some skin on them come on now girl now look now hallelujah god don't mind sending you somebody with some skin on them that's who jesus mm-hmm. is somebody with some skin on them mm-hmm. to let you know just how much i love you mm-hmm. And that I'm here for you. Yes. Yes. So if you are feeling broken, hurt, toe up, tangled up, tatted up, call us, right? Look, put it in, in the chat. I will look at this chat when this is over. Friend me on Facebook. Charm Nicole is my name. Whatever you got to do. Message me through Tinker's Treats. I don't care. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm serious. You are not alone. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. It is a lie. You are not by yourself. You are not by yourself. So, yeah, it's so important to know that. And um, so I want you all that are listening in. Thank you so much, um, Charmaine, for coming into In Her Space to share what you're doing in your space. Thank you. Which is so amazing. Um, You all need to check her out. Tell us how we can find more information. I know you said it once, but if you tell us. Yeah. So just go womanishprojects.org. And honestly, friend me on Facebook as well, because we're going (laughs) to we'll have our own facebook page eventually but look when you a volunteer group you gotta make you gotta choose your priority so friend me on facebook charm nicole charm nicole um and then um i'm friends with irene so we mutual friends but womanishprojects.org womanishprojects.org sign up for the listserv join us um on sundays at 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 nine o'clock for when Sunday comes, we'll be having an upcoming book club called How Can We Be Together in May and June um, off this amazing millennial minister. Her name is Candace Simpson. She's written a curriculum. That's what, oh, that's what, wow. what that's we're doing. That's what's coming next. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that, and, and that's personal, so it won't be public because okay. we believe in safe space, okay. <laughs> but we okay. wanted to make that one public. But yeah, um, but yeah, check us out, womanishprojects.org, projects with an S. Well, thank you so much, uh, Charmaine. It's been a joy to talk to you today. 
Um, love all the work that you're doing and I know it's going to be impactful, empowering, and um, I can't wait to see the result of, of it all. Wow. It's going to be beautiful. So um, <laughs> for those of you who are in listening in, you will receive more information about um, Womanish Projects. Um, it will be connected um, to the link um, that's attached to this particular podcast when we download it. Um, but just thank you so much for listening in again. In Her Space shines a light on working women, leaders, and entrepreneurs to share their stories of challenge and triumphs, to inspire each other, and to encourage women to pursue and to continue to pursue their dreams and aspirations. And I know that that has been done today. Thank you so much for pouring into us, Charmaine. And until next time, you all be blessed.